spidey senses tingling. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the host uh, to which it's been a great honor and pleasure to work with these past four years. Uh, happy birthday-ish to Paper Keg. This is the Paper Keg Show, episode 185. Welcome to the show, uh, Paper Keg Podcast, where we talk about the books that we read together as friends, you know, and fathers, and married men. And then we do a book club to wrap up the show. Read the same book. Malib Bendis Halo. And then we'll read your letters to close out the show. Uh, letters at paperkeg.com. And I don't know if it's actually the four-year anniversary of the show. It's the four-year anniversary-ish of our Tumblr. So that was the first thing we did, I think. So it's an anniversary for sure. I want to say, though, we ended the college podcast in, like, November. You had James in December. And we came back in, like, January. Let me see what the date is on Paper Keg 001 right now. It's like March. Like, if I may. Um, was it? Underboss. Let's see. Uh, searching on the internet so hard. We got a big show. We'll look into We'll get the intern on it. Uh, Jonesy loves beer. Yes. You're a writer. You are into the time hop, huge time hop user. I'm a time hop. I'm a time hopper, as they you're, say. You, you're on a new app that's not even out yet called Tie Hop. You <laughs> look at old ties that you wore in the past. Welcome. It's to very the show. specific app. Okay, very specific to the genre of apps that I subscribe to. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, just a wonderful thing to be a part of every week. And thank you, Dale. Uh, I want to announce if you're watching live on YouTube. Dale has lost a catastrophic amount of face weight. And if we could just leave some comments about how GD good he looks. Oh yeah, I've lost the ability to lose weight is what I've lost. Uh, I'm talking 9, 10 inch subs. Salami and provolone cheese only on that roll. No other uh, healthier meat for me. And... uh, a whole tray of chocolate-covered pretzels over this Christmas break. It was it was rough. There's no way I hop on that scale. If I hopped on that scale right now, I would not like the results, and I, I uh, it would not be less than what I had started at the beginning of Thanksgiving. Uh, fresh over the wire, intern just yeah, ran a sheet of paper over to my desk. <laughs> paper keg underboss. Which was episode number one. Disclaimer, the audio is really bad in the first two episodes. We're working on redoing those two episodes. The date in question 
March 28th, 2011. God, I was way off. I take all those birthday wishes back. Jonesy was, you know, sending out <laughs> kisses on on social media. I was. Saying, Thanks I was for so, four years. It's been I was, great. I was high he was as in a the kite, back of that convertible clouds. in the parade and waving around. Yeah, I was he in was. the middle of a Cialis commercial. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, catastrophic face weight loss. I'm not sure what would be so <laughs> catastrophic about, about losing face weight, but welcome back. <laughs> Feels good to Dale be back. Under uh, hopefully, I don't sound too. Different uh, Jonesy's Jonesy's wish of you me sound great. not sounding sick last week took that took a turn for the worse. As I, uh, I mean, these past few days I've been just nursing myself like Mariah Carey would before a concert. Just, just some hot water with some lemon or honey. Mariah, vapors. Mariah, call me. <laughs> I know it's been tough after Nick. Doesn't your wife listen to this show, Jonesy? Have some. Cooth. Please. No, Listen, she's in, she's one of my three. Oh. Yeah, we all get three. three Actually, what? she's one, two, and three. Mariah, Mariah, Mariah. Wow, Ooh. really? Actually, and Cecily Tynan from Channel 6 News. <laughs> what an odd Ooh, That's the local that you right? Have. That should be the local three, though. That should be a different list. <laughs> Mariah Carey isn't even local, though, is she? Who knows? Yeah. We, we need to get back on track here. This isn't Mariah Carey keg. Newly Yet. single. Who knows? Jonesy has the hots for her. Probably gonna send her two two pairs of socks. Talk about their fourth anniversary. Me and Mariah. <laughs> oh my word. Our really page. big show. Halo is the book club at the bottom of the hour. The book has been on our our Google spreadsheet for f- the four year anniversary <laughs> of Halo being on that spreadsheet, <laughs> getting tossed around like a rag doll, pushed forward. First episode probably was like episode 50 we wanted to do this. I wonder what the stroke count is on how many times one of us has texted, well, we could always move Halo. <laughs> right. I mean, it's got to be a dozen. Oh, uh, boy. So uh, Brian Michael Bendis. Jonesy has a long history with Brian Michael Bendis on the show. Ages ago, he he uh, did some, some kind of math and predicted that Brian Michael Bendis is pulling in easy 300K a year. I think I might have said more than 300. I, it's probably 500K. Yeah, I can tell you is it was it can, 600K. Can the I, can, I know for was a fact it, it was 600K a year. I feel like I would have thrown it at 25 in there to kind of like rein myself in well, like 625. We grow. I mean, four years, we're, we're bound to just grow as people. Now that I know he probably yeah. makes like 40 grand and makes more at his teaching job than he does making comics. If there's time, I'll see if I can find the exact audio of Jonesy saying 600K and add it to the end of the show as a little Easter egg. Uh, Just add the whole math segment in there, how I got to that number. That's when you pull the abacus out of your closet and bring it over to the equipment. Big big other member of Jonesy's life, really, when you look back on it, um, Alex Maliev. Huge member. Jonesy looked... To him as kind of a role model <laughs> in a lot of ways when Daredevil came out, Underboss, and those two really shaped who you are as a human being. Can you elaborate a little bit uh, on that, that, that in moment that, in your life, Jonesy? That is actually true. Uh, I, at that point, had never seen comic art like Maliev's, and it was kind of the first time I had the sensation of, wow, this medium really can, can be anything. Doesn't have to be clean lines, muscles, pouches. You know, it can be something beautiful, and it could be, you know, portray a story. So I do thank Alex Mully for his art, 
no matter what may have transpired at a booth in BCC. <laughs> and and I'm gonna I'm gonna do a thing I don't normally do, and that's Be I'm brief. not gonna I'm not gonna say anything. Be brief. And just uh, <laughs> you know, Slim, what we need to talk offline about that comment because <laughs> I could just ramble on and on about how that comment does not speak to my personality. You at mean all. which which part? What Alex Malieve <laughs> did to you? He did nothing. How to he me. treated you? He's a true gentleman, how and he... I wish him the best of luck. He's a great. He's a great artist. T- terrific you know, artist. Absolutely, one of the best, hands down. Without without doubt. And um, story for another time. Maybe but we, we need to we need to move on. This isn't all about what yeah, uh, happened yeah. with Jonesy and creators at Baltimore Comic Con. We need to get back into yeah, the who's show. Yeah, a mensch? Jan Jurgens. <laughs> what oh, a guy. Man. Jan Jurgens. I I came up to him and I said, uh, you know, Jan, did you did you always know that you were going to write my favorite Thor run, or that just kind of happened by accident? And we gave you know we got we got a little uh. A little wink moment, uh, 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 and we had a great talk. It was great. Jonesy was winking, if you couldn't tell from that noise, but right, the audio Jones- of a, a human wink. <laughs> Insert human wink audio here, self. Jonesy loves beer. What did you read this week? Uh, according to your YouTube byline, you have another staff infection, but that's uh, we'll save that for your staff infection podcast <laughs> debuting in February. What did you read this week? Um, you know, I read a lot, but you know, I'm not allowed to talk about certain titles that I read anymore. Uh, so I am going to talk about a Marvel book only because you, you can it, talk about the Spider-Man issue if you want. No, I because I, I'm interested I, I to hear read, both your thoughts. I read Shadow Show. Uh, you know, um, I do want to talk about a book I mentioned earlier, and I have a long-standing love-hate relationship with this book, and it is the Immortal Iron Fist. Now, Dale and I had a text convo. Mm, we do that. Uh, about this series. And I had uh, issue eight kind of uh, took me out of the story. You know, issue eight, uh, you know, Danny Rand has lost the Iron Fist. It's, you know, he's no longer, you know, magical. He's Iron Fist in name only. And there, they added this kind of, I want to say the word goofy, like steampunk element to the Iron Fist story. And at the end of issue eight, he kind of gets this mechanical Iron Fist. It's like an exoskeleton. It reminds me of that Matt Damon movie where he's going to go to this, that looks like Halo and you know, orbiting the Earth. And he's got this like rig on his back. It was like a hunchback. And that was the same deal that uh, Iron Fist had in that issue. But issue nine, they kind of gloss over that. They kind of get back to the Kunlun mythos you know um danny Rand has to basically battle uh the mythical land of the dead you know whatever spiritual beast runs that land and dale have you read issue nine because i don't want to spoil it if you have uh, i i have not read it but you can spoil it in a rare in a rare moment of me not spoiling uh i'll just say there's a, a reveal that kind of colors the entire Iron Fist franchise that I think was very pivotal and it was really, really cool. And the, um, the last page is Danny powerless using no mechanics, just his Kung Fu skills 
gets a bunch of ninja weapons and he's going to go invade Kunlun with just his own human strength to try to save the day. It's very like um, mm. 80s movie penultimate, you know, hero is stripped of his powers, but he's still going to rely on his goodness to win the battle. It's very cool. I'm back on with this issue. It's, it was good. Yeah, I I really loved uh, Iron Fist 8, and I think the uh, that steampunk exoskeleton thing just worked for me because it was, um, you know, Danny was basically tucked away and hidden from uh, from the bad guys by his uh, lady friend, uh, uh, Tweety Bird, or, or whatever, I forget, Sparrow, Sparrow, yeah, and uh, the old kooky little monk guy, and I, I thought it was cool because, I mean, his arms... His arms were completely broken and shattered. His fi- he couldn't use his fist. He couldn't even make a fist. Like the way Carr Andrews just visualizes Danny Rand's like inability to make a fist because his hands are so destroyed. I I loved all that. So the exoskeleton, uh, you know, was as part of his training. Just worked for me. I didn't read nine, but um, I flipped through it and uh, the. I noticed that there was a. It looked like maybe a flashback scene that was all a use of black and white it looked like it was uh, oh yeah did you see the cover for issue nine yeah yeah that was one of the most ba covers i've seen this year i mean i I'm, and well obviously it's five days in or eight days in or whatever but yeah I, i'm just complete, it was really cool i was just completely impressed i've been completely impressed with that series since it started that might have been you know top five book for me for the year of 2014 i just i think it's cool what he's doing all by himself as a, you know he's the creative team on that book and I just like where it's going. I like the pace. I like that it comes out when it does. It's not overkill. Yeah, the, I mean, the art in that book is just something, mm-hmm. and I it's something that I'm gonna just treasure for a long time. And I'll go back and I'll read this run over and over again. I mean, I can still remember vividly a panel from the first issue where it's just a silhouette of Iron Fist and like the trail of light around his fist as he goes through a helicopter. Yeah. And that that's it was just so cool. If you had to choose one book um on a desert island between Iron Fist and Shadow Show, what would you choose? Uh, I mean Shadow Show hands down. I just read this the book and it made me emotional this past week. Didn't you call that like your book of 2014 or top 3 book of all time? Uh, time I put it in it? my top 10 books of all time. That's only three issues Dude, in. I remember something, some kind of comparison to Astro City too. Or did I dream that? Um, did that actually happen? I mean, that my heart might have been broadcasting it on some kind of subliminal yeah, level, right? Yeah, I felt it. I mean, have you? Did you read it yet, Slim? I haven't. I haven't yet. That, no, that's just in Slim hates life. That whole uh, that whole heart subliminal level thing sounds like a Ray Bradbury story. Like I don't it, know. it is. <laughs> I mean, my whole mind. I mean, my horizons have been expanded. And a special thanks to friend of the show, Bex Gordo, for giving me some pretty great recommends from the Ray Bradbury uh, catalog. I appreciate that. Uh, we need to move on. We just spent uh, 20 minutes on Ray Bradbury and Care Andrews. But back to the heartstrings being pulled, as none other can Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. Get into it. You know, there was a kind of movie trailer just came out. Some people said it was kind of drab, kind of lame, but there was also a number one issue that came out also, Ant-Man number one, Scott Lang. You know, um, I'm not sure if you're into the Marvel history of Ant-Man. I'm not really. Mm -hmm. Scott Lang was kind of a thief, 
trying to get money to help his his young daughter who was sick. So he stole the Ant-Man costume and got caught. But it all worked out in the end. Unfortunately, he's his wife uh, divorced him. So he's kind of down in his luck with the Ant-Man suit trying to get a job so he can afford a nice apartment so his daughter can come visit him during weekends. And this issue, Nick Spencer wrote it. Um, and it's about him going on a job interview for Tony Stark to become his head of security and the process of going through that interview and maybe a little test from Tony Stark and also his interaction with his ex-wife on wanting to see his daughter. I thought it was an amazing first issue. Hmm. It's Full disclaimer, it's oversized, so it was like five bucks. Yeah. So immediately people are just going to eye-roll themselves into a coma. But I did not eye roll, but I did skip it for that reason. It really, I mean, I didn't know it was oversized when I saw it. I just thought it was going to be like a five dollar. Here's a number one issue. Here's pay me pay is five bucks. Um, let me look at the page count. It was thirty three pages. So I don't know if that really floats your boat, but it was actually a really good first issue. Mm-hmm. The um, he's faced with a really tough decision at the end of the first issue, and the last page was just absolutely dynamite. Um. I was really shocked uh, how much I really liked the first issue. I mean, never, you know, obviously I never had any desire to read any Ant-Man anything, <laughs> but um, really connected with me, um, really makes the character sympathetic, and I'm starting to get a little tired of the, which is crazy to say because I love Fear Agent so much, but like the down-on-his-luck man seeking redemption for like past wrongs because I feel like I'm just seeing it everywhere, and maybe the Ant-Man trailer really did it too mm. but i was kind of like getting down while i was reading it but the really great first issue so highly recommend it but at five bucks you know make make your own decision yeah I, i'm familiar yeah. with i've got antibiotics to pay for so <laughs> as you can read in his uh placard down at the bottom of his head um yeah i knew i knew it was going to be a great issue i knew it was going to be like the next hawkeye or daredevil like game-changing kind of different kind of read but at five dollars i was just like i can't i mean i mean you just got to pick and choose you know and i'm sorry ant-man but i had i had the uh the uncanny annual last week and the all-new annual not last week there are five dollars it's just i just had to draw a line and 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 knowing what i know like about i immediately thought what they did with hawkeye was you know, there's oversized hardcovers with like issues one through eleven in the in the first hardcover, and I was like, maybe mm. I can hold out for Ant Man in that format. You know, me and hardcovers. Yeah, pressing we fl- all know pressing flowers. Uh, pressing flowers, Dale underscore A. <laughs> what did you read this week, please? I read a uh, a little book from a. Um, a good friend of the show, Mr. Charles Forspin. Oh, I love that guy. He's got a, a, a new comic out called Revenger. Oh, man. So, uh, As I am legit excited. I've been uh, following his tweets. Yeah. But I have not read yet. Yeah, you should be. Uh, but feel free to spoil it because I, I'm lame and am a little late on this one. So, Revenger number one is a, a new take. Uh, Charles Forsman, obviously, he did... Um, the end of the effing world is one of our book clubs, and we uh, we loved it so much. 
And Revenger is his first uh, attempt at an American-style comic with a page count, and it's going to be a monthly-ish series. He's going to try to keep on top of it monthly, and it's about uh, you know the the world's just in a in a poopy place right now, and uh, you know people are down in their dumps, and some people they just can't get the help uh, they need. You know they're getting kicked around, disrespected by people, uh, they're being exploited. And they might not have the financial means to, you know, take care of it or, you know, maybe the cops won't help them. So basically there's a, a voicemail box, 1-800-REVENGER. You call this voicemail box and this lady checks her mailbox because she is the Revenger. And uh, she reminds you of uh, Grace Jones, circa Conan the Destroyer. And uh, she checks her mailbox, voice mailbox, and if you're in desperate need, and she, uh, you know, she wants to take your case, she will take your case and basically help you out in the most violent means necessary, if need be. <laughs> it's a, it's a very, uh, you get a vibe like an '80s action flick, or you know, and I, I don't want to say, I, I don't mean to sound disrespectful in any way, but like a straight to. DVD kind of vibe to this book. Yes. Like, it's really good. Like, it's just, she's just going to solve your case with violence. And uh, there's this teenager who leaves a vo- you know, voicemail for her. And um, she checks the voicemail. She goes out to this town to meet him. And she thinks his, his girlfriend's uh, been kidnapped. She think, He thinks uh, her father is has something to do with it. So... She starts digging around, and uh, there's you know a local hotel mogul who owns a hotel who uh, may have something to do with it, and she is just going to start uh, piling up the bodies to f- to get to the bottom of it. I'm really excited for the rest of the series. It's a really cool vibe to the book, and uh, and I really like it right now. Um, I followed a link on his website. Uh, to a website called Gumroad, and it's like, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, a a big cartel Etsy kind of, you know, storefront for things, and mm. uh, you can um, you can buy it digitally now. You can buy it digitally and get it now, and then you know, get a print copy in the mail when he is he's raising money to uh, print up copies. So he's, you know, he's doing he's going all out, and you know, so I bought it digitally, saved it, it saved right to my Dropbox, which is hyper convenient because if you wanted to love you, Dropbox yeah yeah because if you needed me to uh, it, that's just ultra convenient because I could have downloaded the file then and there but then I would have had to, to do something with it but to save it right to my Dropbox like that was ultra convenient as well would you mind sending me the link texting it to me sure after the show after the show so I can I want to make sure to support that guy with my dollars absolutely yeah. that's what that's uh, that's what uh, was I, was, I wanted to do, and uh, good. So I'm excited. His back page, he has, you know, he's he's like, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm excited to get into the style, and uh, I'm I'm excited to keep reading it. So Charles Forsman, do it, man. It's awesome. I feel like his Instagram too. You guys follow that? Of course, of course, I follow his Instagram. It's all I, I do anymore. You, I forgot Instagram. you were the you were the dame of Instagram. <laughs> What does that mean? Yeah, right. I don't know. I kind of—it's kind of the first word I stumbled Dame. upon. Dame meaning you follow things, you know, compulsively. Sure. You're like Dame Judy Dench. You're like a venerated, venerated, uh, venerable leader in the Instagram community. Anytime I think of Dame Judy Dench, I think of that um, 
Photoshop of James Bond and her standing next to each other, but with both having Nicolas Cage faces. <laughs> <laughs> Where, like, uh, Skyfall in the Skyfall, snow. <laughs> yeah, when they're both standing next to each other. And by the by, just a, just a recent observation, because I've, I've watched a more late, you know, Bond of late, but when Dame Judi Dench is in a Bond movie, every movie, leave Bond, kill him. Leave him, at, leave him there to die. She doesn't give a crap about James Bond. She's all business. Slash she's telling somebody that he's doing his job. Yes. That's yeah. a line she re- I feel like she right. repeats in every movie. Right. What's he doing? He's doing his job. What right. did you and think of terrible... Skyfall, Jonesy, when you first I, saw it? Uh, I, I was uh, blown away. I mean, they pretty much set up Connery in this movie. Like, if they rebooted the franchise... The last 30 minutes of the film are them setting up Dr. No, essentially. And now they're going from Skyfall to Spectre, so we're going to get Blofeld. I mean, it's just history repeating. I'm As a lifelong Bond fan, I'm super excited to where it's going. Hmm. And I don't want Daniel Craig to leave. And I think he's only got one more picture, or maybe oh, two gosh. tops. Daniel, gosh. Daniel. And I think he's he's probably, and Dale and I have read the books, the closest thing to the literary Bond we're ever going to get. I mean, he's pretty much Bond as he's written on the page Bond, by... You guys didn't do many Bonds for the BJ podcast, No, we did just did um, Casino Royale for hmm. the show. Going to do more? I, I think about we it. have to. Oh, I yeah. think uh, we both we both have uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service locked and loaded, mm-hmm. which is the second uh, novel. Is that what uh, Audible says when you download a new book? It says, locked and loaded, let's effing do this. <laughs> <laughs> says no leave him uh he's just doing his job <laughs> bond 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 what is he doing uh, job? he's doing his job if he's Two out senses. there and he's, he remains to die in north korea then so be it that's what he signed up for <laughs> or less yes, i hope he dies <laughs> lightning round <laughs> Uh, the most popular segment in show history two senses or less another book we've done this week or we can lie and talk about a book we read like eight months ago because we don't have time to do this kind of thing. Yeah? You know? Gen Z loves fear, please. Mortal Kombat X. If you are about guilty pleasures from your video game history as a child, you will love this book. Robocop. Number. The June 2014 issue. <laughs> <Robocop>. Seven. <laughs> I just want to say one thing about this issue that will melt your brain. RoboCop kicks a dude's head off. (laughs) It's amazing. Lady Killer, issue one. Betty Draper is your neighborhood assassin. Mm. Joelle Jones on art. Get it, get it in there. Get in there. Halo Uprising. Marvel Comics, Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev. Halo 3 on the horizon around this time. This comic came out to bridge the gap between 2 and 3. Gen Z, please. Master Chief, all you ever wanted... And a hero. 
bottle up in a tried and true Mjolnir armor package. If he dies, he dies. That's why he's a double O agent. <laughs> what do you want him to be? Half monk, half hitman. So, anyway, Master Chief is uh, smuggled aboard a Covenant ship on, that's on his way to Earth to try to activate the Halo. And you guys, I'm assuming you have some background with the games, uh, so I'm not going to go in-depth. Slim has we already mentioned risk, twice about how I run on. We can't risk the entirety of MI6 for one double O agent. I'm sorry, Bond. <laughs> Just let him go. Let him go. He's doing his job. Uh, so Master Chief is kind of, um, I will say, single-handedly killing every single Covenant creature ab- aboard this spacecraft uh, as it rockets towards Earth. Uh, meanwhile, there's, um, I don't know if it's the A plot, a plot or the B plot, uh, because it's given a lot of um, great time. But on Earth, um, there is like a bellhop, and he's checking in like a pop star to her resort. And just at this moment, um, like the the invasion of the Covenant happens on Earth. And you're kind of treated to a flashback scene where like a Special Forces agent tells the Covenant about this key, mythical key, to the Halo that um that is in Cleveland. And so you flash forward again and they're in the middle of the invasion and this bellhop Ruan and this pop star are kind of thrown together and they are in the midst of trying to escape from the hordes of the Covenant and the twist is the guy knows what the key is. And big reveal, it's something that him and his brother made up as as kids playing knight and slaying the dragon. So this whole time, I guess the B-plot is Master Chief pretty much being the biggest bad A in the galaxy and, like, field-stripping weapons and using the pieces to kill the Covenant and, like, just blasting everything in the face uh, as as one does in the Halo game series. And then finally, at the end, you know, the the two stories... uh, finally meet up and you realize that the whole key element and the master chief and like insertion mission was all smoke just so that the covenant wouldn't destroy the whole planet and force an invasion and that they would have time to reduce their forces. It was just a long con that was never a key to the halo. And because they knew the covenant is so religious and single minded, that they could, in fact, distract them long enough to kind of chew at their flanks. So there was like this great military strategy Master Chief moment, even at the very end, to go along with all the great video game-esque action. And the human story is very is very bendy, very bendous, mm. and I enjoyed it. It was something you never thought you would get out of the Halo franchise, but I loved. That's all I got. Guys. Guys, help me out here. Guys. Long time coming. This Halo book on paper keg. Oh, yeah. I mean. Very long time. You know, I remember. We've always been talking about, you know, how we got to get to that book. (laughs) I remember when this book came out and I was annoyed 
that the whole book just wasn't Master Chief. All Master Chief. <laughs> I remember being annoyed selfishly that I had to follow around these two dopes that these people with faces. They're never going to show Master Chief's face, so I mean, right. It's all they could do is to just bring in <laughs> What is this? <laughs> Turn it up. What is this? When Five they, points if you can name it. Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Total derailment as we try to figure out what this is from. Neither of you? Is it a... It's not an action show, is it? Uh, you could say that. At times it was action-oriented. Quantum Leap. There it oh. is. It's like Sorry. Dale knew it, and he was just toying with us. He just wanted to wait, draw it out. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I don't know it, but I know Jonesy loves the show. And <laughs> I do. <laughs> that's I now, literally I, don't know I this often, is uh, Now, what I was the connection? send gifts of Quantum Leap to Dale in text message form. What was the connection to Halo Uprising to, right. you know right. what? Quantum Leap would be a great music Oh, man, there was none. Here. None. <laughs> no link whatsoever. So, uh, as I was saying, buying the first uh, issue and the second one, I remember this book being kind of late, not very monthly-ish, and being really bummed out that it wasn't a Master Chief story. And I I understand it now. I mean, you can't tell a Master Chief story. He says, like, three lines in the whole four issues. You can't have a story around him. And as you look at the Halo comic franchise, you know, there really isn't a Master Chief story. They tell a story when he was younger. As a kid training, oh, really? and they tell stories of others. That was a great uh, limited series. Was mm-hmm. it The Fall? I think that one was a Marvel book, and that was before Dark Horse got the license, I think. Yeah, Dale, you you have to read that. It's all about how um, John 117 gets kidnapped as a, as a child, mm-hmm. and they replace him with a clone. They give his family a clone that's going to die in 12 years, so they never question where the actual child is and John like they go through the whole training that they go through as a kid it's so good it's such a great series isn't it sorry yeah it really is then um but I did uh like I barely remembered I think I probably stopped reading it when it had come out in print I don't know if it was because I was so disinterested or the release schedule was so infrequent and I actually think you can kind of see some of that in the fourth issue where it almost felt like Alex Maleev had started like drawing digitally on that fourth issue. It just felt like so different a style or what, or they had a different colorist, but I think um, they had the same colorist for the whole series. Did anyone else like notice it just felt like a total different book on that fourth issue? I noticed his work. I don't know what the wording would be, but his illustration was a lot cleaner. Like it does seem digital. Or I think you can tell the easiest with the pop singer character. Yeah, and, and like the face face outlines and the just the fact that you're staring at you know the the bold lines that make up the main shapes of an illustration were right. It almost, or like almost like he zoomed in on his drawings that were smaller to like fill the page mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, it was really strange. Like his lines were thicker, bolder in the fourth issue, but reading it now where. Halo is like 
you know, on its fifth, technically I think sixth game or something, but it felt very dated. And I grew up being a Halo addict. It took off on all the launch days, on the beta days. I played games for like 24 hours straight with my friends on on Xbox. It was very dated, you know, reading a, a Halo book about what essentially was the end of Halo 2. Would you mind if I regaled the audience with a story about your love for Halo from when we were kids? If, please Would do. Would that be okay? <laughs> Absolutely. Please. So when Matt, uh, when I'm sorry, when Slim and I were teenagers, we both worked at a pharmacy. And his older brother, uh, we'll call him Joe K. Uh, <laughs> no, that's too obvious. L. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Joe was back from Africa. And he had he had something. He was very sick. And I remember your mom couldn't come to the pharmacy, so I delivered the meds to Joe on my lunch break, and you had left him your copy of halo so he could play online while you were at work and he made me stay and play halo online for like nine rounds i got a call from my boss where are you you've been gone for an hour and a half (laughs) (laughs) and uh he wanted me to stay and play until you got home so that he would have an opponent Mm -hmm. uh, while you were gone that's how halo brought together that household the 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 family family that plays Halo together stays together. Everybody knows that. The art the art in the first three issues, classic Malieve. Mm-hmm. You know, almost like photorealistic in a lot of in a lot of times and maybe he even did that for some of the art. I have no idea. But the, the actual human story between the two characters I thought was really well done. And I don't know, maybe it was kind of like vintage Bendis having the characters do that like two page inner monologue of them chatting about how screwed they are. I didn't want any of this. What happens now? I thought that was really well done. It reminded me of Scarlet, which maybe we mm-hmm. should do as a book club at some point. Yeah, I got that vibe. Um, almost. It was really well done. The human story. Um, you know, I, I played the single story mission, you know, storylines for Halo one and two and most of three, I think I'm not like a huge super halo guy but the the only thing was was the did the human story have anything to do with the game at all um the like mombasa stuff was very halo 2 related like them coming to earth like that was the big thing okay where now you're playing in kind of like you know west africa or wherever those locales were that was a definitely definitely a part of the halo 2 game okay um, the only I just felt I I didn't even know why the human story was there, like you said, Slim. But you just you made sense to me just on your an opening salvo that there had to be because Master Chief isn't really a character even in the games. Like he doesn't have much in the way of story. I just felt when I was reading, it, I felt like Bendis could have had this story. And just plugged in people for any thing, like yeah, it could have been any natural disaster or any world-ending scenario. This could have been a one-shot in his satchel. Yeah, yeah, that's and that that was my only, I guess, complaint. But what else are you going to do with a video game property when the uh, the focus isn't on the main character anyway, or the focus isn't on the politics of? 
you know, the 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 army, the the, the Earth's army or something. It's just, it was just like a very side story kind of thing. And the, I mean, obviously they got Bendis and Malieve to sell books, and it probably worked. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I just felt like the story was very. It could have been, you know, it could have been a story for anything. It could have been an, one, an Avenger story. Yeah. But yeah, it, it definitely could have been like an Avengers annual, like Ultron yeah. invades. And then there's mm-hmm. this, these two characters that are intertwined. But that's, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like what, what are you going to do with a Halo story? That's not about Master Chief. And, you know, I guess it, if it can't be man, like my first question would just be, why can't it be a more about Master Chief? But I, honestly, I was very bored with the Master Chief portions of the book. And I guess it makes complete sense unless you're behind the helmet of Master Chief dual wielding guns in the video game itself, you're going to be completely bored <laughs> reading a Master Chief story who doesn't say anything but, you know, ignores I, his commands or whatever. And and you're right. The the Master Chief portions were, like, the the most boring scenes. He's just, mm-hmm. like, throwing grenades at Covenant members and chucking pieces of wall at people for four issues. And I, I think around this time, the story of Master Chief the character was like so locked down and secretive and they treated the master chief halo franchise around this time. Like, like, you know, like star Wars, Uh, like all this stuff had to be approved by Bungie and their kind of, um, their, I'm trying to think of what the word is. They're like, they're like board of approval for storylines. Like all those books that they wrote were very, tight-lipped and approved by everyone involved in Halo because it all had to sync up with what they were going to do with the game franchise. So in my head, I wonder, you know, what what the conversations were with Bendis, Marvel, and Bungie, and Microsoft. Yeah. Like, Man, you can... A wall. Yeah, like, here's the story we'll let you tell. Right, like, right. Like, Master Chief needs to get to from point A to point B and you fill in the rest with other characters somehow. Because yeah. I, I imagine it was probably really difficult, like, trying to write a Star Wars comic, you know, maybe, like, nowadays. Like, I'm sure... And they're not even doing that, really. They're just telling stories from the previous lore, the movie. I don't know what... If they're going to tell stories around that time frame soon. Probably not. Is, is there a Halo movie in, in the make? Microsoft, when, if, when I think when 2 came out, or right around that era they were really high on themselves that they could command a, a certain return on the film. So they like made a big deal about it when they shopped around the script that they had written and they had, they were so cocky about it. They had the, the people that delivered the script to the studios were dressed as master chief. And allegedly the, their contract was like, we'll let you make it, but we get like some exorbitant, contract that nobody would agree to like 70 percent. i'm just making that up like we get 70 percent right. of the return and nobody wanted to do it and <laughs> so that's great the actual the director of elysium started filming those like shorts when they were i think when they were tr- starting to market halo 2 2 or 3 and they were amazing live action shorts of the halo universe that mm-hmm. were like I would pay $30 to see a Master Chief movie like this. Oh, is that why Matt Damon's character is named Meister Chief in that, uh, in that film? <laughs> so he was actually going to make that movie, and then it just fell apart. I think they just couldn't get the money to work correctly. I mean, that's pretty much the Halo movie. There's a Halo on Earth, and Matt Damon becomes Master Chief. <laughs> Meister Chief. 
Meister, right, Meister yeah. Chafe. But they, it, I mean, it's really fascinating because that franchise was, I guess it still is huge, but I feel like it, they missed their opportunity to turn that into a movie. And I mean, really, yeah. it's funny to look back, like, what if they ever did make that movie? What would that have been like? What would the franchise be like now if they finally, if they did make a movie? I don't know. I mean, they made that TV series that got really poor reviews on Xbox. Oh, the animated No, the, the Nightfall, I think it's called. And the star of that guy is playing Luke Cage, I think, on the Netflix series. I've never seen a single episode. I didn't realize that existed. Oh, there was, um, there is a show on Netflix where a live action show where it follows around recruits, and I think that was that got pretty good reviews because Master Chief actually shows up towards the end. There was a, I want to say when ODST came out, there was an animated series that like followed a group of Spartans like stranded somewhere. I think they did like some kind of weird anime thing or they did like 10 Master Chief stories in different animated styles. But ODST was like a huge middle... This has turned into just like a Halo retrospective. But (laughs) that ODST game turned into this huge FU to the the gaming community because that was supposed to be like this um, DLC pack for like 20 bucks. Yeah, and they made it into a whole game. Yeah, when you play as like some also rant those like sky jumper characters, whatever they're called. And they turned into a $60 game. Mm. Jag offs. I think Halo 3 might be my favorite definitely I was, I was really good at it i remember that much i remember that, much that was like one of the few times <laughs> i've ever been on a leaderboard in multiplayer wow yeah wow impressive and i'm terrible i mean you guys will both contest that at not only above technology video games i'm also very poor at but uh i actually loved halo 3 jetpack all the way man i was unstoppable the Boy, last our, our uh I mean, just just our uh, uh, sessions of uh, Gears of War three Horde mode. I mean, Slim would <laughs> Slim would drag our two bodies behind him like anchors. Like he was Elysium, and he was. I don't think we that's true. Beggars. I mean, we you were know, terrible compared. We that's a funny uh, side note. We tried. I wanted desperately for us to find a game that the three of us could play late at night, and. We finally tried it, and it was around a time frame where my son was not sleeping well. <laughs> oh, so yeah. we would play for five minutes, and then he would wake up and start crying, and I would have to stop and, and put my controller down. would just, uh, just be in the I'd be in front of, of a wall, and I'd be getting chainsawed, or it would just <laughs> yeah. be something awful. We would be flanking his body, trying to keep him alive through the match. I mean, it was, uh, it was pretty... F- and then you would text us your status. Yeah, uh, five more I, minutes, maybe. Or or, or uh, holding hands, flanking uh, <laughs> yeah. the floor. I think I might have even said like I'm laying face down on this bedroom floor right now. I don't think I'm coming back. But oh, good times, great great times. But yeah, I guess that really speaks to how much we enjoyed the Halo book, which maybe wasn't all that much. It felt like I mean, it could have been a one shot. It could have been an oversized one shot. I think I I really liked it, and you know I I. As much as I wanted it to be that Spartan training story that I love so much, uh, I was kind of happy that I got something different because I was thinking this was going to be not like uh, something that just, you know, cantankered on or I had to trudge through. Um, I got something totally different than I expected, and I really appreciated that. And it was definitely a Bendis Malieve story. 
yeah, which which no matter what, whether whether it's a Halo story or a Spider Woman story, like if it's a Bendis story, it's going to be good, no matter what, right? And so that's, I mean, that's the great thing. The only thing, like I think in my mind, I built up around it based on nothing because you know I wasn't uh, in the swamps of the the days leading up to Halo 3, like, I wasn't standing in line, and I wasn't, like, consuming anything Halo at the time, but I'm just thinking, like, at the time, like Slim, you said, this probably wasn't even on time, and it was monthly, and then I bought it, and it's only four issues to begin with, and it's like, I'm th- I'm picturing, if this is the first, is this the first Halo comic to come out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm picturing, like, so I'm picturing this big event that's maybe going to be, that's, sh- that in my mind should have turned out to be more than just four issues leading up to a a new game and it's like possibly going to steep me more into the lore and it just turned out like 70% of the book is just this throwaway story kind of thing that's and that's the only thing like i think that um i'm down on but the book i mean the story was very entertaining i'm not going to lie even if you don't even know have to ha- know anything about halo to under to uh be entertained by the human story now trying to illustrate a first-person shooter type hero you know chucking grenades in one panel and having covenant blow up in another like that's that could be anything there's no story there but but the human story yeah it was very entertaining yeah and i remember um like its pitch for this book is the what happened at the end of halo 2 to halo 3 and the ending to Halo 2 was like hugely controversial because it was a cliffhanger ending. It was like Master Chief turning to the camera and saying, you know, let's go finish the fight and then the game ends. It was like there was a chunk of the game missing. Oh, People thought wow. like there was a bug in the game and like that's it. <laughs> like that's the end of the game. And so like this series was kind of like here's here's what happens at the end or whatever. And I mean, I remember playing it and being like what the f just happened? Like that's that can't be the end. And I think it led to rumors of, like, maybe they didn't finish it in time, so they had to, like, chalk on this, like, cliffhanger ending to just, you know, make it look like it ended. But, I don't know, it was really, really fascinating uh, time capsule. What year was Halo 2, anyway? Let's see. Halo 2. 2004. 10-year anniversary. 11 years. Mm. Yeah, because we did did drink quite a bit of those Miller Lite Vortex beers. As we, uh, that was a Halo 2 sponsor, I think. (laughs) Uh, good times. Halo Uprising. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Just for the record, before we get into the letters, uh, show intern Matt HH is furiously live tweeting us right now. So he's listening, and he's reporting all the Halo news. Unfortunately, some of them are like hyperlinks and stuff that would, uh, you know, trail us off the uh, the live aspect of the show. But that that guy is good. That guy's really he is good. He is he has earned that title many times over. His first, actually our first letter comes from. Matt Double H. Uh, no, it doesn't. Subject. No, it, doesn't. It, it does not? <laughs> Thank God you're here, Dale, because I'm just, I'll just... Uh, oh, no, I am. I'm sorry. First letter comes to us from oh uh, incumbent co-host, and she writes, 
Before Jonesy made his request, I have gotten pretty deep into your backlog, and I have red scalped. I'll just say I agree with Dale on this one. Don't want to poo all over it like I did Transbet. <laughs> but even with that book, I get that's how the character was supposed to be. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. So, Dale, I mean, are you just swinging them around over there, feeling vindicated? You know, you're just swinging around your elliptical D, just be like, oh yeah, that's right. There's no vin- there's no swinging around. There's no uh, vindication. There's showing your receipt. Showing, there is showing my receipt to the people who ask. Um, you know, it's just, it is what it is. I'm glad I'm not crazy in all aspects of my life. Like, I know... There are other people out there like Transmet, just nobody who backed me up. But junk. But I'm glad. I'm, it's cool that she read Scalped, and I'm glad uh, you know there's other people of the opinion. I never disagreed. I don't think that the sh- that the book was held to a standard, and I and I it was probably very well written. I just remember uh, exactly what she said. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. It was just heavy, heavy mm. stuff. I think um, you know, anonymity spoilers. My wife. Last was on the show when we did the sword. I feel like this is a perfect time to make a huge announcement that Atnimity will return in Paper Keg 186 mm-hmm. next week. We don't need another hero. Ex Machina Book One. One eighty six. You heard it first. Next up, we just need Jonesy. And uh, friend of the show. Next up, Matt H H. Matt H H. With his uh, letter, Matt Double H. He subject to line. Ka-chow. Uh Listener lightning round review. Black Science number eleven. Mm. Remendo plus Scalera plus a full year of plot development in parens across multiple dimensions. Starting to pay off equals my favorite ongoing book. I did lightning in one sentence. That's what, that was a second sentence, but it was. Am I the only one reading Black Science right now? Is that what's happening? I yes. have been downloading faithfully because. Have you been reading faithfully? No, <laughs> I've re- I read the first four issues and downloaded the rest. I, I will say, obviously fantastic. Obviously, but that goes without he, saying. You know what my my problem is? That now, like fit. Fear Agent, I need to like read it in one big long emotional sitting. Well, I mean, if if you had allowed me to finish my sentence, I did. Jersey, I jumped down your throat. Are you okay? You, Let's go ahead. You know, had to hear your own voice on this podcast. Wouldn't didn't want to let me speak. God, guys, a snake. Typical. <laughs> if you wanted to to wait. Buy them and wait in one sitting. Listen, you, you're more than willing to do that because this book deserves your attention. You need to sit back. It's 1 a.m. Your your wife is asleep. Go make yourself a drink. Go put on the National on Shuffle and just sit back and let it happen, please. You're referring to Black Science? Black Science. Oh, man. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Our, our next letter. I should have taken advantage uh, of that image sale. That's what I should have done. I, pr- I have. probably got all of them. Could have. If I can be honest with you. <laughs> you know. You knew what the numbers would have been that, around that time. 
I do. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Jones, are you okay here? This this comes from Jones dear friend. Game. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> former guest host, maybe future guest host. Uh, Panooch. He writes, "Hey, fellas. First, let me say that I have never been a fan of the Halo franchise. Delete, delete that email. <laughs> <laughs> and archive, and continue to be baffled by all of the praise. But that's neither here nor there." I started thinking about the eras of video games that have come before and how there wasn't this focus on the cinematic like there is in games like Destiny and Uncharted. What's an older property, 80s or 90s, that you feel like had this kind of universe world building that you could see being made into a comic series or even a film today? Oh, and please stop talking about breaks and hiatus. Or I guess guess he's saying hiatai. We can't handle the trolling. Oh, God, let it be trolling. <laughs> Panooch. Oh, man. I we're, mean, like, uh, we're like it. When we start talking about hiatuses around here, we're like an improv troupe. We just start bouncing <laughs> off of each other. We'll never say no. Just yes and yes and. I mean, we could go, and we could break some hearts in the process. How old? I mean, I mean how old is Panooch? Was he even born when Halo, the franchise, came out? <laughs> oh, Maybe Lord. that's why he doesn't get it, Panooch. Panooch, some you know journalistic big shot over at that uh that website. Is that all the all comic? Is that where he writes oh, right yeah. now? The Almighty Comic Boy. or all comic? Yeah, Something he's else he's, over there. he's he's got, got he's got seven or eight podcasts cooking. Comic Tango hashtag. Look it up on Twitter. He's got. Some, They're enjoying some great success right now. He's doing a fundraiser right now. This guy, I mean, is he is he single? This guy has got every checkbox. Ready for you to just check him off. He's doing a fundraiser to help these kids. Philanthropist. He is a. Uh, he is. I feel like entrepreneur. I feel like women refer to him as Panooch, comma the catch. And also, he's, he's just he, a catch. He's he's you know Panooch catches me as somebody who would take artistic shots of his tea, or Frappuccino, and you know settling that shot up and showing that to some nice lady next next to him, and they just go hand in hand and take a walk. He's probably a, he's probably got a As five. She tries at to least, court him, right, Slim? Probably got a five. She, you know, maybe you know she isn't. She's not disgusting him by not having anything at a five S level or higher, or lower. Lower. Mm-hmm. She's not. She doesn't have a five. Mm-mm. No. Come on. No. Are you probably? He wouldn't even take her into the coffee shop to take a picture of that espresso yeah. cup. He stops her. He stops short right yeah. at that door frame Stop to short. make sure she has a five S at least. I don't. Hey, I don't listen, even know. Wh- if you're confused, this. Just devolved into some high level, highbrow trolling of Dale to get a new cell phone. I don't think there's any highbrowness. I don't. I don't remember Definitely any video meta games. Level. First of all, how old are we that Panucci is asking our opinion on video games from the 1980s that we yeah, think really. should be turned into a comic book series? Duck Hunt. <laughs> I'm kidding. I wanted to say Mario Brothers as a troll because that movie was so bad. Since we've been talking about video games. Let me just give my top three video games of all time right now. Oh, man. Halo. If I, if I Halo may. Halo 3. If I may, in no particular order, Resident Evil 4, GameCube. Mm. Easy. What you selling? What are you boiling? <laughs> Mr. Kennedy. Jonesy, what are you doing? Is GarageBand working right now? You just look like you just pooped in your oh, drawers. I just... <laughs> The guitar just bounced for just too slow, but I was right on top of it while you were talking. 
the rest of my you know me so yeah, well. The rest of the top three: Grand Theft Auto Four, Grand Theft Auto Five. Cinematically, those those movies could be feature films. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Aside from their treatment of women, which are which is and are horrific, uh, cinematically amazing games. That's all I have. Thanks. All the property video games. I'm trying to think what I was playing in the 80s and 90s that I think would uh, I would like to immerse myself more in. 1983, you were just the true writing lies your video thesis. Game? The True Lies oh. video game. Was there a True Lies video game? Absolutely there was. Oh, man. What is your all-time favorite quote from True Lies? Go. Me or Dale? Dale. Oh, God. Uh... When the... Uh... There's so many. When he's uh, filming uh, Salim Abu Aziz and his uh, battery runs out. Battery Aziz. <laughs> get another one. Like, how did that guy not get murdered right then? He was sweating his <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, man. He was shaking. He was shaking. A classic. Uh, he record. He like just stood there for like half a minute. It wasn't even recording. <laughs> Jonesy, oh, your man. your favorite line from True Lies. Do it dismally. Do it slowly. The Crimson Jihad is now a nuclear power. <laughs> you realize I'm going to have to watch that <laughs> after this episode. What a show. Great show. Great show. That was a great show. Next week, you heard it here first. Mm-hmm. At Naminity makes her triumphant return. Two paper keg. I hope it's a permanent. You're oh, uh, gosh, <laughs> Jonesy man. That's it's just he will he will uh, plan your podcast future live on the air, uh, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> X Machina I mean, Book One, BKV. I hope paper keg wasn't an escape for you, Slim, because I <laughs> just turned that on its head. Jonesy texting us about him being. You know, out of state for three weeks, starts planning guest hosts. You know, yeah, for do you. the show without me. Here's I, a here's a I suggestion <laughs> for you to have as a guest host. You know, this guy. It's probably the uh, Chicago. I bet you, without doing any Jonesy math, I bet you those weeks are the weeks of a paper cake two hundred. I bet <laughs> you it falls during that week. I bet you it does. God, fifteen weeks from now. It, no, that's that'll be March or April sometime. We'll see if we take any hiatus between now and then. See you by next week. the week uh i will be in chicago i fly out may the third and i fly back may the 15th man alive the episode let's see so you fly out may 3rd mm-hmm. okay 
What's so the episode that posts May 4th, get this, episode 201. Mm. Wow. Man. <laughs> oh. We might, be, we might just have to call it episode 200 then. Well, that could be perfect timing, you know? We don't have to worry about scheduling. Yeah. Go enjoy Chicago, free and clear, Jonesy. We don't have in my document, there's no ep, There's no book for 201. Oh, man, Our planning sign. stopped at 200, it's just FYI. Oh. 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 I knew it. <laughs> I just knew it. Sorry, Dale, you knew this day would come eventually. Didn't you? What a show. Halo retrospective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's going to be super pops with the kids. This is probably going to be, what did we say that was our most popular downloaded show? It was like some, I think it might have been Deadpool. Deadpool or Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Through the rough. We tag in Halo to a show title. I mean. Oh, boy. Can you imagine? Planned fall. We might be spinning off another show. Video game related show. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't have any more no, time. There's no not. time for any other shows ever. That's it. If anything, we're subtracting. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> you guys could just stop doing the flap. Oh, oh man. Chance we don't have time. That's on its own schedule. We do it when we have time, when life permits. You know, we can't just be all gallivanting around in Chicago for three weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. Gallivanting. I have a HSTS. <laughs> Nobody yeah. knows what that is. I mean, that's part of my staph infection. <laughs> staph infection number two. Can't wait. Can't wait for that. Are you allowed? Are you even allowed to, to go on a plane place. with your health? You're, you're, are you a health risk on a flight? <laughs> I can't leave the. I can't leave the state. You should just take a train. Oh, that would be nice, but they actually booked your flight for you. It sucks. And Clint, like you book, they book our flight. Uh, we arrive like Sunday at five in the afternoon, and class starts at seven Sunday night. Now this is um, classes to to deal with. You know the emotional fallout of not trusting anyone, thinking everything is a troll, being passive aggressive. This is going to help <laughs> you with that. Yeah, I, it's actually rehab that I'm going Good. to. I say it's for work, but it's really my emotional. Troll hab. You know, just drying out. <laughs> drying out. You know what I mean? <laughs> drying out emotionally, just getting back to one, you know? The class is, trust falls happening. Yeah, the class is just everybody consistently firing compliments off at him, and he has to resist <laughs> trolling them back. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I'm nice. I'm a nice guy. Yeah, okay, I bet. Yeah, yeah, I really had a nice letter that I wrote earlier yeah. to you about my feelings. <laughs> F you. Eat ass and die. Eat ass and die. <laughs> Right, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. That was a really nice walk we had this morning. Yeah, go eat ass. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> I get it. Thanks. Yeah, something like that. How much do you think he pulls in here? 40, 40K per title, at least? No, it can't be that much. I don't know. He's 30K a year? What's, what's the much? circulation per per issue per month? We'll get the intern what? on that. What? Who knows? I'm <laughs> intern. Bring out my uh, abacus right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Forty thousand a title? I can't. I can't imagine that's that much. No, right not a month. That. I'm talking about a year. Like if a oh, right, yeah. oh 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 Jesus. Oh. Yeah, I would say he probably. Let's see. He does nine titles. 
then he probably he probably makes like four hundred grand in that neighborhood. Oh my god! No, that is huge. No. Do you know? I wonder if he's signed a contract. Blink once, if you're not like an Obama salary. <laughs> no, but you got that. That's got to add from what he's getting from FX for the Power series, and you got to add all the royalties he gets for the creator on any you're issue of Power. You're saying right sales. now. Get the Wikipedia. I bet he grosses. You say he makes half a million dollars a year. I said four hundred thousand. First of all, (laughs) and I bet he grosses four hundred k a year.